0: You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there! Thanks for tuning in to an episode of Life Repurposed. If it is your first time here, welcome. I'm happy to have you checking out the show. If you are a return listener, thank you so much for your faithful listening. I would invite you to leave a review and tell some friends about it, too, on your favorite podcast platform. So let's talk about the guest that I have today. Blythe Daniel is a literary agent and marketer with more than 20 years of experience in publishing. She has written for Proverbs 31 Ministries, Focus on the Family, and Voskamp, Christian Retailing, and she links bloggers with readers through the agency's blog network. She lives in Colorado with her husband and three children. And then I'd like to introduce you to her mother, Dr. Helen McIntosh. Helen is a counselor, speaker, educator, and author of Messages to Myself and Eric Jose and the Peace Rug. Her work has appeared in Guideposts, Parent Life, and Home Life magazines. She resides in Georgia with her husband, Jim. They have two children and five grandchildren. So today we're going to be talking about the topic of a book that Dr. Helen and Blythe have written together. So let's jump into the interview and get to know them a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about mothers and daughters and the relationships between them. I have with me Blythe Daniel and her mom, Dr. Helen McIntosh, to talk about how God can mend broken or strained relationships. Welcome to the show, Blythe and Helen. Thanks. Thank you so much, Michelle. In the first chapter of your book, you talk about chocolate, and now I feel like I'm part of your family.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are you a fellow chocolate lover?
0: I am. I love to do my work with a little bowl of dark chocolate m ms next to me.
1: You know, it really is, you know, that chapter we talk about what's common between you and and really finding common ground between Mm -hmm. you and your mother or you and your daughter. And that has been a common ground for our family is (laughs) chocolate. Yeah. I can't believe there are people out there that don't like chocolate, but there are you know it is it's hard to understand but i know families how have something that they can appreciate and value together mm-hmm. um mom and i even right now are enjoying um some time together um at the beach which is another nice. area of common interest and so whatever that piece is that really brings um you together um, we try to say that, you know, there are a lot more things that we have in common. We tend to focus on the differences, don't we? Um, but those things that we have in common are so good to celebrate and to bring into focus um, instead of just all the, the differences or the opinions that are varying. Um, just that commonality is so good.
0: Great. Go yeah. So I want to get to the heart of the message here for our listeners that are tuning in, because it's important to know that this whole episode is about having the hope that God can mend what is broken. But before we get to how he does that, let's talk about what it's like to have a broken relationship and how generational brokenness affects that. You know, I think we're all seeing in this
2: COVID season, I call it the plague, (laughs) during this season, we have really gotten a new look at the things that are broken. Um, it's almost the things that are weak and broken have gotten exposed even more and tested even more, and so yes. um, perhaps your listeners have noticed too the many layers of unhealed places in their family, mm-hmm. and if their heart is crying out for help, then they have tuned into the right spot today. <laughs> and we just love the the sections in Isaiah that talk about that challenge us and beckon to us to be repairs of the breach. And it's Mm -hmm. Isaiah 58, 12 and Isaiah 61, 4. And I think that God is longing and looking for men and women who will look to Him to begin to heal the broken places in their Mm -hmm. family. And it sure is possible.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What would you want to add? You know, you you talked about the way that it it comes through generations. And through my mom's um, family, there were there was um, addiction that came through um, anxiety and depression also. And I think that what is so important to do is to take notice of what are you sensing? What are you feeling? What emotions are you experiencing in your life? And there's a good chance that it has come to you generationally. And so we do want to um, address how do you how do you reset things generationally, and that is a whole section in this book. But as you said, Michelle, it so matters that um, that we start a new work and that life repurposed really looks like looking at what's happened and then how you can set things differently on a new course.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, Dr. Helen, you you talk in your book about how you didn't have an easy childhood. How did that affect how you parented?
2: Oh, good question. Yes. My mom had many wonderful, wonderful qualities. But Wow. She she needed so much repair inside of her that had nothing to do with the relationships around her, but she affected the relationships. She was quite toxic, quite difficult. So I spent my childhood and, uh, and really many adult years walking on eggshells, which is an absolute red flag. That should have dysfunctional family (laughs) written on the flag. I mean, it's that's not how God intended us to walk. But through those the difficult relationship with my mother and the difficult times, God began to teach me one step at a time how Mm -hmm. to combat that or and how to tag what was happening. In other words, He'd say things to me like, "What." it feels personal but it's not personal mm. your your mom does love you you d- in fact truly the safe people in the family are usually the ones that get the brunt of the mm. tongue lashing and the mm. verbal abuse because Um, My mom knew I was safe and I think that I wouldn't retaliate. So that's Mm -hmm. a whole, that's for a whole nother day. (laughs) um, How it affected me is that I wanted so much to not repeat that pattern with Blythe and her -hmm. her brother. Um, So if anything, I ran the risk of being a helicopter parent (laughs) or overloving. I made that term up when we wrote the book, (laughs) overlove. And um <laughs> probably did a lot of enmeshment because I longed to be close to her and not be difficult with her. Mm-hmm. So we learned a lot in both extremes. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: isn't it good that we can learn from our mistakes?
0: It is. Yeah, <laughs> Blythe, how, how would you say, Blythe, that your mom's experience affected your relationship with her growing up?
1: I would say that mom's experience with her mom and even my experience with her mom really caused us to um, seek to do things differently because um, I know that my mom felt like she didn't want to bring into our relationship what she had experienced. And so early on in our relationship, she taught me and my brother principles of forgiveness. And she taught us how to say things like, I am sorry for, and then we would name what it was. Um, will you forgive me and mm-hmm. so um it was a really great way, um looking back on it, of course, at the time, no one enjoys asking for forgiveness and admitting that you were wrong, <laughs> but looking back on it it's been so helpful throughout my life to realize that when you name what the situation is that, that happened between you that it does release the situation and it releases you from hanging on to guilt or Um, anything that just doesn't even need to be in your heart because you harbor that. And so um, really from the time of being a little girl to even all the way to college, I remember mom saying to me that um, I don't want to control you. And if you sense me trying to control you or live through your life, I need you to say, mom, that feels like control. Mm -hmm. And so that was so freeing as someone who was going off to college. You know, that's when I think sometimes as, moms, we would, the more our kids, you know, go outside our home, we would want to control a little bit more. And to be able to say, um, I trust you, I, I mm-hmm. love you, but I don't want to control you. And so let's talk about that. If it feels like it, please come to me. Um, and I think that's a healthy way to approach it. So I would say it mm-hmm. did, her experience caused us to look at things and really be intentional with our relationship. Mm-hmm. and um, And I think that's what we would want to share with Mm-hmm. So for listening. It's just that um, all relationships take work and our relationship mm-hmm. has, has certainly taken intentionality and work, um, but the fruit of it has been really good for us and for my children who were preteens. So I think it's just important, as you've said, Michelle, to just even look at how these are being affected generationally.
0: So you've said that a mother-daughter relationship can be both beautiful and difficult. What are some examples of how we can be Beautiful, but yet still have some struggles. I was just
2: thinking zipping ahead to today in our adult to adult relationship, I still want to be always so careful what I say to Blythe and how I say it that I don't come across as telling her what to do or mm. controlling her in any way or interfering in what's my, not my business. <laughs> and so <laughs> There are so many lessons that we have put in our book, Mended, to help mm-hmm. people to navigate those troubled waters. Because uh, every word matters, and boy, I tell you, I, I'm always asking myself: Is is this more? Is this important enough? Will will my suggestion help or hinder our relationship? Mm-hmm. And always putting the relationship first, Mm -hmm. regardless of of our opinions that we have or um, what might seem important each day. Mm -hmm. I really do want to be so careful Mm -hmm. to only speak to Blythe about the things that are important. And then we include in in the book a a suggestion that you invite yourself in when you feel like you want to give input. And certainly Mm -hmm. that's a a real part of families is to share concerns. Mm -hmm. But I would just... implore your listeners to always invite yourself in. (laughs) As I have adult
0: children too, so I know how that is. (laughs) Now that they're grown up and they're married, having only raised boys, I think it's different. I have two sons and now they're both married so I have daughters-in-law and I don't know how to relate to girls at all, so I'm learning and it does take an incredible amount of self-awareness to be able to not speak the first thing that comes to mind. It (laughs) does. Yeah, before we continue, we keep talking about the book, and we're going to be mentioning at the end, but I want to just give the title here for listeners, the book that Dr. Helen and Blythe wrote is called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, and we'll be talking about that more at the end, but um, we're going to be moving shortly into some principles from that. But I was wondering if you can tell me, where do mothers and daughters most often get it wrong or have conflict?
1: Mothers and daughters can often get into a tangle, as mom says, with conflict when one has expectations of the other that really might not be able to be met. Um, any expectations are difficult, are they, in any relationship. And, and second to that is the need to be right. And oh, how I have learned relationship <laughs> over the need to be right with my own daughters, you know, living daily with um, two daughters and I have a son, and um oftentimes we want to be right, don't we? We don't like to be seen as not having the answers or uh, messing up and so um, when we as a mother or daughter, when we hold on to that need to be right or we we shove the what's the right thing to do in the relationship versus how do i how do I humble myself and how do I come before the other, even if that means asking for forgiveness when I don't feel like that's even really my fault, but I'm going to go ahead and humble myself and ask for forgiveness for the part that I did play in this disagreement. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, just as a culture, Michelle, that not many of us feel like we can put the relationship ahead of differences of opinion. There's a lot of differences of opinion in our culture Mm -hmm. and it does take a humility, but it is so worth it. Um, and that's really essentially what we do with God is we come to a place of humility and say, God, I can't do this on my own. Um, I can't do life on my own. I can't do relationships on my own. I need to, I need to ask you to change me. I need to ask you to make mm-hmm. this relationship better. I can't do it on my own. And so
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, our expectations are in God, pr- just the way he provides for us, the way he loves mm-hmm. us, instead of our expectations being in the other person. Right. Yeah, that's great.
0: We
2: love truth. But truth was never meant to be a weapon used
0: Yes, by our loved correct. ones.
2: Bam, bam. <laughs> I mean, we beat ourselves up with what we call the truth. But it's much more important to embrace the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's what Jesus does with mm-hmm. us. He is the embodiment of truth, but he, the relationship is key. Mm-hmm.
0: So many people have had an opportunity to practice that now because they're spending more time together than usual Either the kids been home from school longer than usual, or some families chose to quarantine together so that generations could, could be together safely. So I think more of our listeners have had opportunities to have conflict and practice how to resolve conflict in maybe not so healthy way. And so what I'd like to do is transition into talking about how we can uh, resolve those conflicts and heal and mend.
2: Ooh, I'd love to take that one. (laughs) You know, we've spoken a lot about humility and how words matter. And so um, the heart of our book is pitching to the readers a lot of conversations that you can have Mm -hmm. to start mending their relationship. Just a couple of words, and I'll throw out some samples, but it would be something like, you know, we're not doing so well right now. What do you think we need to do to make things better? Mm. So did you hear there was an honest statement of it's a recognition that we're not doing too well in our relationship? And then you ask the other person who's probably the biggest part of the problem, (laughs) but we won't (laughs) go there just yet. And then you would, the second thing you would say is again, what, what do you think we need to do to make things better? And so you have pitched them the the ball and it's now in their court. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's uh, contrast that with a lot of conversations that I know people have and they, They want to straighten out their family and say, (laughs) we need to do this, 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 and this. And that model just does not work so well. It is so coercive and it doesn't help the relationship as much as asking the other person what they think it might take to make things better.
0: I love that because that opens it up for a peaceful conversation. It doesn't sound accusatory. It sounds like we are together taking responsibility for making this better. Yeah. Yes.
1: And I think one thing to add on to that is that you don't have to go way back through all of your history that you've had with each Mm -hmm. other that you can start today in the present. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people will put off, you know, trying to have a conversation with a family member or send an email or a text. And um, because there's so much history between them, but you can start today where you are with Mm -hmm. your loved one. And even, you know, in this, Season where families are spending more time together, as you mentioned, and, you know, another way that you could even practically reach out to someone in your family, a mother or a daughter or other family member is, is to even say, how do you see me helping you, but not controlling you? Or how, how do you see me entering into your life season right now? Sometimes even just not exactly saying, well, we have all this stuff between us and so mm-hmm. where do we even start? But just acknowledging that there are some needs that the person might have that you can help meet in this season. And then that can even foster a conversation mm-hmm. down the road a little bit of what issues have been between you. But we just don't want people to feel like there's this heaviness that you have to address mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. We can start today in the present. You asked, you know, where to start. And I yeah. think that's really a good thing to remember
2: one more similar to that Blythe I'm so glad you brought that together but another sentence we like is to say what do you see what do you need to see from me for things to be better mm-hmm. do, do you hear yeah. the openness yeah and then it then you can move as Blythe said into the present we're not going Mm -hmm. to go back to the layers and layers and layers of history you may want to do Mm -hmm. that with a licensed counselor at some other time but (laughs) this is a wonderful way to get unstuck and it's Mm -hmm. honest and soft and gentle and it really is life-altering
0: yeah so how does that work if one either the mother or daughter is more of a self-aware person and the other doesn't seem to be aware. Are there some conversation starters that would help somebody to develop self awareness?
2: We put a number of the conversation starters on the website and as well as in the book. but what we really hope that people will do is is get creative. you could do this one-on-one, or you could send a letter, or you could create a video and send it, or a text. There's so many ways to deliver these wonderful little questions or (laughs) starters, and then that would help somebody to think, that gives them a little time to think through Mm -hmm. an answer. So we're not saying that these conversations have to take place one-on-one, you you can, you <laughs> don't know the situations that are out there exactly, yeah. but um, creating a video or mm-hmm. a text or an email, you can think through and give them a chance to think through the response.
1: It's get creative. Yes. <laughs> it is hard when someone is not aware of how they have hurt you and maybe isn't even aware, self-aware, as you said, of that they've done anything, or how they could even be a part of, you know, the equation of how to repair and, you know, have a repurposed relationship. And so, you know, I think that we need to remember that over time, of you continuing to come to the person, and again asking forgiveness for your part, there may be something that triggers inside of them when you ask them for forgiveness for how you have hurt them or how you've not done this in the relationship you just pray over time that that will trigger something inside of them that will think, Oh, I need to ask forgiveness for my part. Or I just, maybe I'll some, sometimes they don't even get to that part, but they may say, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do things a little differently or I'm going to reach out to her more. And so, um, mom has a great way of expressing this about doing everything that we can and and then really continuing to pray for that person that their self-awareness would come, that God would show them mm-hmm. what their responsibilities are. Yes. We're
2: talking obviously about that, getting the log out of your own eye first mm-hmm. and <laughs> cleaning up your own issues and your own, need to ask for forgiveness, but then um, I do love, love, love that verse in Ephesians where it talks about the armor. I believe it's Ephesians 6, 13, and it says, and having done all to stand. And so we want to make sure in these conversations with our loved ones that we are intentional and that we fulfill some measure of responsibility, but then we at some point, God says, stand, and, mm-hmm. and he releases us. We don't want to assume a false responsibility with others. If we take too much of the responsibility, then we enable their lack of. <laughs> um, but we want to be sure that we've, we have no regrets. And so I think Blythe and I would agree that the material we've put in the book Mended is is to help the readers to not have any regrets. That it's just some a lot of ideas about how to mend the relationship, and yes. the, the Lord can show them what when when it's when they've done all that they need to do.
0: There are some mothers and daughters that haven't spoken for a long time. How do they initiate restoration?
2: Well, one of those letters might do it. <laughs> In other words, where it's a love letter. In other words, an old fashioned letter or an email or a text and you would say, I know there's been such a long season of of brokenness, mm-hmm. but my heart is is longing for us to be restored and repaired. What do you think we need to do to make mm-hmm. things better? Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. says says it all.
0: The love letter part is the key because um, the temptation is to send some sort of a rant or something like (laughs) that. (laughs) So, you know, let me just spill my guts.
2: (laughs) Right. And, you know, this spirit of anger and hatred that we're seeing in the world is not of God, is it? So what a wonderful time for the voices of believers to connect with one another and be a loving testimony. Yeah, God is for relationships and he will help your
1: listeners to write those love letters that are needed. It's, it's quite simple. You know, one thing too on that is that for some people being at home more, or even just the older we get and we realize relationships that we want to It it does feel difficult to not have good relationships and our family members see it and we experience just a loss in our hearts from day to day when more time goes by, we're not in connection. And, you know, I think it's just really good even in this season to whatever way you're able to communicate with the loved one is to be able to say, I know there's been a lot of time that has gone by. I do care about you, mm-hmm. and, and to just acknowledge that there has been some time, mm-hmm. and that in this season, I just want to check on you. I want to make sure that you're okay. I think it's. I think that's just a, a. We can do that right now, and and again, you don't have to bring up all the hurt of the past, right. but to be able to say I care about you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: We don't like to be distant from. It. You know, hasn't no. it been interesting to hear eighty uh, percent of the people we ever talk to not like. To be separated from mm. people, and I go, "Yep, God built us for relationship." That's yes, what people are finding out <laughs> that they don't like to be distance.
0: Yeah, I'm an introvert, and I still miss being with people. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's I need some. <laughs> You've talked a few times about forgiveness in our conversation. What are the types of forgiveness? I would say the kind, the one of the
2: first prayers, asking for forgiveness that we as believers experience is, of course, asking God to forgive us of our sins. So there's that one. And then there, we know to, uh, if we have on our good manners, we know to ask forgiveness of people that we have offended. The tricky one is when others have offended us. For instance, my mom had those years of hurting me and Honestly, she never did ask for my forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but God kept speaking to me and saying, I want you to stay up to date with your record. And so I was careful to ask my mom's forgiveness at different times for things that I knew that I had not done well. And so that sounds like this. It would be, Mom, God is showing me my lack of love and how unkind I was helping you in the kitchen. I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Now when little Blythe and little Brian were growing up, uh, we had shortened that to, um, I am so sorry. I hurt you. Will you forgive me? But that question at the end is so important Mm -hmm. Because we don't just go around saying to people, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just not finished. But when we can ask them that question,
1: will you forgive me? It it just finishes. And I think it's important. Mom had to do this at some point. Um, she did tell her mom, mom, I, I choose to forgive you. So even if the other person, that's the third type, is if another person, the person that's hurt you doesn't ask for your forgiveness, you can say to the person or say in your prayer time with God is that I choose to forgive you. And this will not hold me captive. This will not hold me back from the fullness of life that God has for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that pain. And we're not saying, let it go and don't ever act like it happened. But like, we're saying, yes, you choose, even though that is
2: mm-hmm. such
1: a part of your past and your pain is to say, I choose to forgive you, and, and you may want to even write this out and put a date next to it so that you know that you've released it and you could build upon that prayer mm-hmm. um, and that conversation. But it is really toxic when we hold on to unforgiveness yeah. and um, it, it affects not only our relationship with our own immediate family, but other relationships as well. So mm-hmm. just important to let, to let the person go who has not asked your forgiveness and still acknowledge what's happened but to be able to release um to release that pain
0: so we might have this picture i often have the picture of you know every happily ever after there's restoration mom and daughter are best friends now and that's it sounds like an artificial expectation so how can somebody still receive healing even if the relationship is not restored
2: we really believe that God is able to repair your heart Mm. and restore your heart, even if the relationships around you are still not what you wish them to be. It's a real calling and an opportunity to deepen your relationship with God because in Mm. truth, He is what makes it enough. In other words, Mm. we we want to be codependent on him (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of the people around us as much as we have just been talking about how much we love people (laughs) and uh, want to be restored to them. Those relationships are, are going to get sketchy at times, but God, his, our relationship with him is sure-footed and it's just a great opportunity to keep coming back to him, the anchor of all and I, I don't want to sound Pollyanna. It, it, it really is the truth. In other words, in my darkest hours along the path with my mom and disappointments in other ways with people over the years, God just kept saying, come back to me, come to me. I, I will feel you, reload your heart. And mm-hmm. that's just how we were meant to live and not, get our joy from people um we have an expression that we are n- not to get our love joy and peace from our people places things events and circumstances god just didn't wire us that way he did wire us to long for relationships but we were not meant to get all the goody from people
0: mm-hmm.
2: we were to get it from him
0: yeah Yeah, so I think I would be missing one piece if I didn't talk about the idea that we do sometimes still have to have boundaries or guidelines in some relationships because there is maybe some distrust or damage there. So what kind of boundaries can mothers and daughters set within their relationship to protect it from that damage?
2: Well, with my mom, I just was careful. to. um, I I didn't think she'd ever physically injure me but we certainly have a heart for any of your listeners that would be afraid and we would not want any of your listeners and our readers to put themselves in an unsafe position physically or emotionally but it is boundaries is one of my favorite subjects in the whole world <laughs> it's a good thing to pray for all all of us to have to ask God for healthy boundaries. But I think you ask that question again to yourself. With boundaries in mind, have I still done all that I need to do, Mm -hmm. Lord, having done all to stand? And uh, God will show you the boundary issue, I believe. He'll clear that up, that, that, yes, here's the line in the sand. You've done enough. I love the illustration of two cups bumping, and that's meant to be the Proverbs four twenty three: guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. And we often say when we're in conflict with somebody, "Oh, you make me so mad." My mom <laughs> would say that all the time. "You make me so mad," but the truth was, it was I, I may have bumped her cup. But what came out of it was what was coming out of her own heart. Yeah,
0: that's good. So let's talk about... Uh, Blythe and Helen's book and I'll be linking to this in the show notes at com slash 54 so you'll have a link there. There are also some resources there that you'll want to go to their website which is ourmendedhearts.com. You'll find some of the sample conversation starters there and a bunch of shareable graphics that are really pretty. But I want to talk about the book. Why was it important for both of you to write Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters?
1: We wanted to write this book because we have heard of many mothers and daughters who were having difficulty expressing their hearts, um, communicating on a more of even a basic level. And we as mother and daughter have um, been through some things where um, there was a time that I was distancing myself from mom and didn't really want her input and feedback in my life. And so we, we have looked at this topic of mother-daughter relationships both as a mother and a daughter as well as friends of mothers and daughters. And so we wanted to take a close look at what God had taught us and shown us and, and to just put this before other women and to say this is the hope that we have in God for relationships. And so that's really how we brought these ideas together in the book. So whose
0: idea was it to write the book first? Who approached who? I
1: think you had it, didn't you,
2: darling? Blythe kept she kept saying to me, "Mom, let's let's write a book together." And I kept saying, "Blythe, we have such a great relationship, but I don't think people want to read a book about how <laughs> wonderful our relationship is." I said, "But if we could include all the places that we have repaired, and all of the stories uh, of restoration, then i'd love to do it was is that a fair sign that's right <laughs> and, and I think
1: that it helped when we were told that there was a, a great need for a book that was honest mm-hmm. and wasn't degrading of the other person I, I know of some resources that do put a mother or a daughter in a negative light and I think that's one thing that we always want to remember to speak kindly and positively about the other person, even if they have separated themselves for you or, or not been a kind person that a lot of times, you know, Michelle, like the words that we speak have such power over our lives that even when we speak it, we can start to internalize those things. And that casts a few, another shadow on the relationship. So it isn't to be untruthful, but it is to be able to try and, you know, just say words that out loud, even as you talk about the person to your Other family members, that that we always remember that, you know, God created this person in his image and things maybe have gone wrong in your relationship, but that doesn't mean that this person is not loved by God, just like you are loved by God. And so I think that's also just important to remember that as we establish relationships and families that God looks at us the same and who, you know, we are not in a position to judge others. And so um, just good to remember that. That's great. I love that.
0: So it sounds like hope is something that readers can take away, that there's hope for their relationship, that whatever conflict has happened in the past, there could be some sense of restoration, even if it's not fully restored to picture-perfect, like you said, Pollyanna. Is there anything else that you would want readers to take away, that if you could sit across from a reader and say, this is my heart, I want you to get this one thing from reading this? It's never, never, never Mm. too
2: late. That's what you've just been talking about. And it really is not. I think the enemy of our souls would want to cause us to, to despair and say things like, this will never work. All those ever, mm-hmm. never <laughs> work. But that is not true. God can move you out of a stuck place. And that's what Blythe and I really want for your yeah. listeners that we really want people to be unstuck even today and to experience the restoration that God has for us on this earth. I mean, we're down here to learn how to love one another. It's really it doesn't seem like it's real easy. <laughs>
0: it's <not. laughs>
2: but we we try to include as many practical things as possible, ways to listen mm-hmm. to each other, ways to not control, ways to the more loving. So what would you want to add to that, Gly?
1: You know, as we've said, I think relationships are um, more important than, you know, who has the upper hand at a given time or who's right or, or even, you know, just the idea of, of learning from our experiences is also so key that we don't have to repeat the patterns that have been done before us. And so um, I think those two things, that relationship should be the primary and not who's mm-hmm. right or the differences, shouldn't overtake those. And it isn't too late to start, a, to start over. And part of the healing is that you, you can do things differently. You don't have to stay in the same places that you've been with, the, with each other.
0: I would encourage people who are getting the book to purchase it for themselves, to work on themselves. For me, anytime that God has worked on something in me, that has been more healing than if I try to figure out a way to fix the other person.
1: It's true. I mean, again, we kind of go back to that idea of we want to work on our part and it could be that after you read the book you pass yes. it on to your mother or daughter and say this is what I realize I need to take responsibility for and I'd love for you to see where I came yeah. to realize this and I want to give you this book but yeah you're right we can't fix another person yeah that's for it's sure. like
0: a good starting place if you haven't both agreed we let's do this together and let's look you know but yeah start with me and then exactly pass it along but there have been times where I've seen books and I've been tempted to get it for some and it's that whole principle, like you said, Helen, of looking at the log in my own eye. I better look at where my responsibility is first before I try to fix somebody else. We're all broken <laughs> in our own ways. We are. But he really does issue a
2: strong invitation for us to be yes. the repairs yes. of the breach. Again, that's Isaiah 58, 12. And it's... a. I tell Blythe frequently, I love all the R words: renew, restore, rebuild, and and that's the calling we really yeah. do have, and and we need to be serious. If if the Lord has has whispered to you, rise up during this dark season in our our world. This is one of the ways mm-hmm. that we can show the difference that God has made in our life is to start rebuilding the relationships, the broken ruins in our family. We really can. And it's by taking the log out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So for listeners out there, I want you to go to ourmendedhearts.com and check out the resources that are there. And if you want to get more about our conversation and just get the links to all the things we've talked about, you'll find that in the show notes at com slash 54. So as we wrap up, I want to mention that I'm doing a giveaway of Mended on Instagram. So um, encourage my listeners to go to at Michelle Rayburn on Instagram and find out how you can enter in the next couple of days after this episode releases to get a copy of the book. And then as we wrap up, I just want to ask Blythe and Helen, is there anything you'd like to leave with my listeners?
1: I love your focus, Michelle, on living life repurposed. And I feel like part of what we can do in in our relationships is to repurpose them. You know, for sometimes um, our, our relationships feel like we're... We are working with that person. We are living with that person. Um, And specifically with mothers and daughters, it feels like we're just getting through, right? And I would love to repurpose that idea that God has called us to a divine relationship. He knew that you would be her mom. Um, He knew that she would be your daughter. And to just repurpose our hearts before each other in a renewed way to say, I am for you. I am going to do what my part is in, in continuing a good relationship with you or repairing what we have between us. Great. And I, I
2: say, yeah, I'm into that as well as just saying it will produce such freedom. You know, God has come to set us free and God doesn't want us to be prisoners of the unforgiveness that runs in families and all of the dark things um, that run in families. He he really wants us to be bold and to step up and to trust Him for restoration in new places that we hadn't even dreamed of. And and so I just encourage your listeners to trust God to move you forward into a healthier place because He does want you free, really free.
0: Thank you so much for being with me. It's been a delight to have this conversation with you.
2: Thank you.
0: <laughs> You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.